0: podcast host. I respect what you do and value your show. I thought uh, a voice note would help us connect in a relevant way. I'm a practicing pharmacist and founder of a platform that empowers pharmacy leader transformations. After a decade of managing small and larger pharmacies in retail and long-term care, I've come to an appreciation for the power of being a frontline leader. For years now, I've worked full time as a pharmacist/slash pharmacy manager for a corporate store while owning my own two stores with my wife, who's also a pharmacist. I've come to appreciate the impact of understanding my own leadership style and the importance of proper sleep and eating well. This philosophy allows me to balance a fairly wide portfolio of professional and personal activities. Uh, we have two kids, nine and six. I coach both their hockey teams in the winter and race triathlons in the summer. I have a a black belt in karate, and I'm the president of our local uh, small chamber of commerce. And uh, I'm the sleep and nutrition coach for uh, our local university varsity soccer team. I speak at pharmacy conferences and local CE events as a leadership advocate, board certified geriatric pharmacist, uh, and certified diabetes educator. Now, when I first became a pharmacy manager over a decade ago, I wondered what changed when I flipped my name tag from pharmacist to manager. So I began journaling about the anecdotes and lessons of, you know, the pharmacy trenches. Recurrently, seven characteristics of pharmacy leadership lessons showed up in those writings, and I used those as a foundation to empower pharmacy professionals to level up their leadership skills now i have some private clients and i'm launching an accelerator course online called lab coat to leader Uh, you can connect with me on linkedin at jason chenard or instagram at layered leadership uh, or explore more about the seven characteristics and what's going on at www.layeredleadership.ca
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule RX Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lozzo. And later on, we'll have Dr. Alex Lee with me today. And we'll be interviewing um, a special guest, but this guest is a little bit different than previous guests that we've had before. Today, we have an individual that is a leadership and a wellness coach, and he's going to kind of break down what well, he has defined as the seven layers of leadership to help us as pharmacists become better leaders in our profession. Um, he reached out to me via Instagram. We thought it would be an awesome opportunity to go ahead and get him in and get an interview. Um, and so I'm so thankful that he was willing to join us on the podcast and to have this experience today. So welcome, Jason Chouinard. Um, We appreciate you being here. And can you kind of just give us a brief introduction um, about yourself?
0: Well, thanks Jovan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I, 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 I'll have to, uh, make sure that that hundred bucks I gave you for that intro was, uh, I've got to continue to practice. So yeah. I appreciate that kind words. Uh, I appreciate what you guys do as well. I can't believe that you're doing all this work uh, with, with a residency, uh, you know, I, so to be honest, I can't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're, sure you're going to get stuff. a solid 8 or 9 hours of sleep tonight.
1: Mm, yes, a solid 8 divided <laughs> by 2. Uh
0: that'll be me for sure. <laughs> um yes, my I'm I'm uh, I'm a pharmacist in uh in Canada. Uh I grew up in rural northern Ontario. Uh started working as a pharmacy cashier at 16 years old. So if you can imagine, you know, a teenager uh with an obviously embarrassing face uh you know uh, organizing all the products in the in the feminine hygiene section that would have been me uh, a long time ago uh, i had my first startings in that independently owned ida pharmacy uh and sort of uh, was called to the dispensary to help count and cash out customers and do all those good things um So I kind of doubled as a cashier and pharmacy assistant and and came up the ranks that way and and learned things uh, until I was accepted to the University of Toronto, uh, where I graduated as a pharmacist in uh, 2008. Uh, So I've been a pharmacist slash pharmacy manager for almost 15 years now. Um, I still uh, manage in the corporate environment uh, here in Ontario, but uh, also own two of my own stores as well. Uh, I... Ontario is is home for me. I think family is here. That's where pharmacists uh, are still in demand. And I I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, stepping out of uh, the comfort zone of the province. Um, I spent uh, part of the last 15 years I spent in long term care managing uh, a, a busy store that uh, took care of a mixture of retirement home, long-term care home, and group home. Uh, and that was uh, a hefty job. It was probably a 60- or 70-hour work week. Uh, we were having our second child at the, at the time, and I... Uh, went back to retail after that stint, and had taken all of the pressures of long-term care and all of the learning points with me back to retail, and I think that allowed me to expedite my learning curve as a manager, uh, as a leader, and as a pharmacist as well. Uh, since being uh, back in retail for maybe the last uh, five or six years, um, I've uh, I've completed the uh, the, the uh, the board certified geriatric pharmacist designation and uh, the surf, the certified diabetes educator di- uh, designation along the way. Um, certainly we have an elder population in, in my practice area and a lot of diabetes as well. So it was very fitting to, to get that in. And I thought after about Uh, Almost a decade of practicing as a pharmacist, being away from the school didactic learning environments, going through those processes allowed me to refresh a lot of a lot of knowledge that, you know, I hadn't touched on in a long time. So uh, home wise, um, I'm I'm a dad. We have two kids, my wife and I. My wife's a pharmacist as well. And I I didn't realize how helpful that would be along the way. Um, Pharmacists do marry each other. It is true um yes indeed <laughs> it, it happens <laughs> uh locally here I'm, I'm the president of our local chamber of commerce um i coach uh, the two kids hockey teams in the winter and i uh, compete in triathlon uh, in the summer so a busy uh, busy and rewarding week for us here for sure
1: definitely um a lot of different uh aspects to your life a lot of different things to your schedule, pulling you in different directions. So I'm excited to learn from you today, as well as our listeners, that's for sure. Um, And I'm sure we'll be able to pick up some traits on maybe to help us improve time management when we're learning about the different ways to improve our wellness and leadership skills. So to start off, you have an Instagram page at Layered Leadership. And I know you dropped some, some different posts where you can go to Medium and kind of learn a little bit more about certain topics. Um, and you also mentioned a little bit of wellness on, on your Instagram page as well. But can you kind of tell us a little bit more about um, your Instagram page and also how the whole layered leadership um, came about?
0: Insta is a crazy world. <laughs> I'm a hashtag newbie. I didn't know what that was, you know, two years ago, yeah, uh, yeah. but I'm learning fast. And I, I think it certainly allows you to to be connected with with other, other great people and, and you yes, know, yes. like-minded people along the way. Uh, the full platform itself is called layeredleadership.ca. It's a website. Um, Insta is just sort of a, a nice way of getting different material out there and, and pointing it in, in uh, different audiences as well. The layeredleadership.ca is my website that allows us to try to empower pharmacy people along their leadership and wellness transformations. So I think probably because of the hockey background, the triathlon training, and uh, just being, you know, being part of a stressful pharmacy and being a dad, I've come to a deep appreciation for the necessity of proper sleep and nutrition to show up as a leader. And that was the inspiration for calling the weekly newsletter Rested, Fueled, and Ready. I know that I I show up as my best leader, as my best pharmacist, when I have eaten the right way and I've slept the right way. And that's when my leadership skills can be on full display and I can give the best to my patients and I can give the best to the group that I'm with. And this all started a few years ago when I started journaling about the lessons and anecdotes stories of pharmacy in the trenches over the last decade or so. I've always liked to write and I, at the beginning, I didn't even know what I was writing. I just liked the idea of sort of dumping the thoughts onto a page. And if it's on a page, it's out of your head and it's uh, not going to bother you anymore, so to speak. So it was a therapeutic approach to sort of digesting, learning to be a pharmacist, learning to be a manager and trying to figure out how to solve problems uh, day in and day out. And what I realized was over the hundreds of journal entries, there were seven recurrent themes or buckets, so to speak, where I realized the same kind of thing was happening over and over and over again. And I realized those, those were the seven, what I call characteristics of an ideal pharmacy leader. I think I was trying to figure out how do how do i become what characteristics do i do i need to become an ideal pharmacy manager in my eyes for my team for my patients and i uh, i realized along the way that i was trying to figure out that as a burning question that i didn't have an answer to even after you know going through university becoming a pharmacist getting licensed and working for over a decade, I still didn't know what made up an ideal pharmacy leader. And I think that's what I was trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you, know, if you think of uh, someone, whether they're famous or not famous, but if, if you think of the word leader, you can probably think of somebody that comes to mind right away. Everybody will be different. Or if I throw famous leaders, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I throw it to Obama or maybe I throw out Mother Teresa or then a a thought comes out right away and you have an opinion and you will have a gut feeling of whether you're going to buy in to what that person says. You're going to have a gut feeling about whether you want to follow that person or whether you want to run in the other direction. And, I think what I was trying to figure out was what are my characteristics. What do what do people need to get from me so that they uh, buy in and that we can create the best products together? And what I've done with those seven characteristics is pair them into pair them with a synonym to make them very specific, but then put them into an anagram, and I call that anagram layered.
1: We kind of talked about this off air, but I just want to mention, I think what you're doing is incredible for the simple fact that just having discussions with other colleagues, knowing that a lot of us are getting put into managerial positions. I have people who graduated last year with me in May who are now already assistant clinic assistant managers in their Mm -hmm. positions and we're getting these positions, but it's like, what qualifications do we truly have to be a leader? And you're providing us an opportunity to learn maybe from some of your trials and errors, some of the wisdom that was shared with you and given us a, a platform and an opportunity to truly learn the seven ideal characteristics to be a pharmacist leader. Mm-hmm. It's different being a leader in other professions. We always, you know, we can pull things from other professions, but we still have to make sure it relates to what we're doing. And pharmacy is definitely a different beast than other healthcare professions. And I think it's awesome that you're creating this, this course and that you're able, you were able to identify seven Um, specific characteristics, um, titling it layered. And I was kind of hoping you'd be able to walk through each one of those letters um, and kind of explain what they stand for.
0: No doubt. I, I remember, you know, the first day that someone offered me a pharmacy manager's job and I, you know, I signed something and then all of a sudden I was somebody's boss and I thought to myself, you know, basically I flipped my name tag from pharmacist to pharmacy manager that day. And all of a sudden I was in charge of a whole bunch of stuff. I was in charge of people's pay and I was in charge of people's vacation. And I was in charge of who is going to be the next person that replaces this person. If they're not here or what happens if this computer catches on fire. Right. And all of a sudden I had a bunch of new problems to think about at night and I had a bunch of new people that depended on me to come up with solutions that they didn't have to come up with. And I wondered what changed, you know, a second ago I had, I was a pharmacist and now I'm a manager and nothing's happened. There was no turnkey course. There was no certificate on the wall. There was, you know, nothing concrete that said that, that, gave me confidence to say, all of a sudden you are deserving of, of being a manager. And, uh, at at least in, in the, in the area that I work or in the geography that I work often, uh, pharmacists are put into managerial positions mainly because they're the only pharmacist standing there. Right. And I always did want to be a manager. I had some great ones when I was, you know, cashiers and assistants, uh, in students but I was I was given that opportunity uh less than a year in to being a pharmacist so I was still trying to figure out how to be my own pharmacist take care of my own patients let alone take care of the team around me um so I I'd love to be able to have the seven characteristics at that stage of my life but I didn't I'm sure um, but uh yeah so um I so if you if you think of the word layered and you spell that out in your head, L-A-Y-E-R and then an E-D at the end, those are the, the seven characteristics. Um, so L is what I call limitless humility. And I think it's probably the most important one. It involves being human and accepting your faults. Humility is the characteristic that I've found that unlocks all the other characteristics as well. I think it's the most important one and that's why it's first. And mm-hmm. there are times when we do great things or we're the best at something. And it's very important that that we stay humble in those moments. We put ego aside. we put the mission before self. And our first priority as leaders is to take care of the people in our dispensary. And I've come up with a, uh, you know, one liner that has um, given me buy-in with the techs and with the pharmacists and with the, the assistants and everyone else around me. And it basically says something like the leader's job is to take care of people. People will take care of customers And customers will take care of business. And at first, it's strange to have the manager or the leader not have the business as their first priority. But when you you take care of people, the business will take care of itself because at the end of the day, everything else will line up. Yes. Taking care of people means that we have to be very in tune with what's going on and we have to care about them we have to accept feedback. That's where the, the humility comes in, and accepting feedback allows us to pilot small things so that we can launch big things. The whole thing came up with uh, I, I think of the, a small little anecdote in a triathlon where I had, um, you know, I, I was going through all my pre race, uh, you know, pre race habits you know, going through the mental, this turn, that turn, and the wetsuit and then the bike and then the run and all these things. You So I must've been nervous because the Australian racer beside me said, you know, what's your swim time, mate? I specifically remember him saying that. And I said, I should be out of the water in about 17, 18 minutes. And he said, then you won't be first. What are you worried about? And I just completely humbled, right? Mm -hmm. Going, what am I worried about? I'm not going to be leading anybody. I'm not the best swimmer. So when we get out of the water, I'm going to have a whole bunch of people to follow. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was just a lesson in humility outside of my day job that, you know, someone had else, someone had taught me. And I realized that if I just dialed the humility in, everything else would just fall into place and take care of itself. So that's why limitless humility is first. Even when you think you're being humble, it's on, it's just limitless. Got it. The second one is A. It stands for autonomy, but it's absolute autonomy. You can kind of fake giving someone choice, but at the end of the day, they know when it's really their choice. And I've found even being a parent, when you give people choices, they have to they own it themselves, and they have to earn up to the consequences. And they fully buy in to getting there because it's their choice to do it. With absolute autonomy, you give trust when you norm, they wouldn't normally expect it. Giving them the right of choice allows them to self-regulate and they, they buy into the mission because they've got skin in the game. Their decision was to do X or their decision was to do Y. Right? And... At the end of the day, better final products come from a group of people and their efforts as opposed to one leader who says, this is the way we're going to do it. At the end of the day, what I've found is that giving others autonomy, you know, are we going to do, when are we doing blister packs? How far are we ahead in blister packs, right? Well, are we going to do COVID testing? Are we going to do a round of X shingles vaccines, whatever we're going to do, allowing the staff to have opinion in those often allows us to perform better while we're there because it was their idea and they feel like someone's taking care of them. Right? So giving autonomy empowers job satisfaction. It gives people purpose because they actually have something to think about and enjoy coming to work the next day,
1: I think adding on to that absolute autonomy, especially coming from the resident perspective, there's nothing that we hate more than be having to deal with micromanaging. You know gaining that opportunity to um gain the trust of the r p d or the preceptor to go ahead and work up patients independently. Or to be able to have that independence in in taking care of your patients instead of having someone kind of walk looking over your shoulder all the time is something that kind of helps build that character. And I can see that definitely playing a role with the layered leadership because, like you said, you ultimately have to you ultimately have to live up to any consequences. If you made a mistake, you have to own up to it and you'll learn from it and you'll do your best to make sure that mistake doesn't happen again. So I love how that's um that's one of the ones that you're mentioning that absolute autonomy I definitely see that playing a role here um, during my residency how important it is to have that independence
0: for sure no question I, I I actually build it usually comes up in the people that I interview so that they understand that I'm not a micromanaging type of person and and i I don't do that to scare them. they know that they have all of our support they have a good team around them and they have they always have my ear whenever they need it but at mm-hmm. the same time i want to i want them to ask questions i want to empower their creativity yes and the way i sort of explain it to a group so that it it comes off in a humble genuine way is that i say there's some tasks in the pharmacy that only the only the manager can do And the manager probably can do other things. They could do some pharmacist things. They could also do some technician things. They could cash customers out. But there's other roles in the pharmacy that can do those things. And your job is to protect my time so that I get the pharmacy manager only things done. Because if, if I don't get those things done, there's no one else that can. And everything kind of crumbles from there. My job is to make sure you have what you need to do that and that I'm supporting you and pushing you slightly out of your comfort zone in times where I see stagnation or I see more possibility that you might not see. And if, if that doesn't happen, then all of that is my fault. And when you make a mistake or we do something wrong, at the end of the day, I'm the one that's going to own it. And I'll come to you so that we can fix it for next time. I encourage you to make the decisions that you think are the best based on the conversations we have day to day. And even if it's the wrong decision, you have, I have your back, I will take the bullet for it. And then we will fix it to make sure it's right for next time. But I would rather you make a decision Instead of me micromanage everything and I think for the most part they they realize that that's an honest and uh, very sustainable way of operating pharmacy when
1: it comes to the why what does the the why stand for in that layered um,
0: why is the why is a yearn for culture and when we think of culture you kind of think of either a you know, a commercial for a corporate brand or you think of something that's kind of cheesy. And, and I've come to realize that it's something that is really important. And whether we want to create a specific culture or not, it's happening, whether we're, we're trying to or not. The, the culture is a description of the behaviors, the attitudes, the beliefs. It's our way. It's the way we do things in our pharmacy, and that culture could be different amongst different pharmacies down the street from each other that, that are part of the same uh, the same banner. But it's it 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 involves the people and the personalities that are working within that culture. It becomes the pulse of daily activity, and that internal culture is what generates an external identity. It's okay. how the customers end up seeing the staff, it's the feeling of how they get serviced or taken care of. Mm-hmm. Having a specific culture allows a staff to, to have confidence that we will sort this out if this future problem happens because we know what we're about. So having a culture is something that a leader yearns for. We crave it, we seek it, we publish it. We put it on the wall. In my pharmacy, we've got a cube. It's a 3D cube, and it's got a mission statement on top, and it's got four pieces that describe our culture. And I probably shouldn't even be telling you this. <laughs> but inside info right here. Right. No, I'm kidding of course. <laughs> um, the, the idea is that those the, the, the four faces, of the cube represent our culture and they're the core values that we use day to day. So these are the things that we're going to represent when we're not sure where to go. We say, does this provide service, innovation, community, experience, whatever the words are, you'll have your own. And I encourage other pharmacy managers to, to develop an activity or a lunch where they can be together without staff and think about the core values that they represent as a group, because those core values will steer that team when things are hard, and when you're not sure what to do, you follow your core values that's having a culture, and great leaders will yearn for it and that's the why
1: I can personally relate to this uh before we were a capsule production podcast, and we kind of did a rebrand to capsule r x and just going through that thinking, one of the, the things I did was meet with, um, a awesome individual. One of my colleagues, his wife works in marketing. And I sat down with her and, and she kind of talked to me like she would to one of her clients. And she was saying like, the first thing you need to do when you have a brand is identify your core values. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can choose as many as you want, but whatever it is, everything has to tie back to this. And, um, just thinking of that, that's I had to take some time to think, okay, what do I truly want us to be known for? And one of them is definitely service. Another one was being innovative, being different than the other podcasters, pharmacy podcasters that are present, the other pharmacy um, or healthcare pages that are present on Instagram. And then another one was being accessible. I think one of the most important things is is allowing yourself to be open and accessible by anybody, whether you know them or you don't know them. So having that ability for people to reach out to us, to communicate with us, um, and and by having those three core values, we were able to kind of make this transition to Capsule RX and to do more things where we're going to start having more live videos, more different interactions with our audience to, to be able to educate them and go through, because um, most, most of them are students, but we do have some pharmacists that also tune in. And to educate them maybe on different disease states, to maybe walk them through some of our Teach Back Thursday questions, to really show them that, hey, this is who we are, and we're not just going to say this, we're going to prove it by our actions. And um, I'm kind of glad you mentioned that, because that kind of made me tie back to think about how can we improve the podcast. And that was one of the first things I had to do was definitely um, come up with my culture you know, I had a yearn for a specific culture that I wanted the podcast to embody. And I had to make sure to show it to everybody once I figured out what that, what I wanted the culture to be.
0: love it. I think, I think that's a great mentality. I think if, if I was part of the group, I would be fully bought in and I would believe in it. And I think I it. whatever, whatever it is, you have to believe in it yourself. And the warning here is that whether you're trying to, what do you, whether you cognitively think about c- culture, it's being created no matter what. So you might as well create the right, right, the right way, the way you want, and the way you think that is genuinely you and the way that's sustainable and the way that provides the rest performance and sustainability. Mm-hmm. So whether whether you're you know gonna, gonna work on on your on residency work tonight till midnight, or whether yeah. you're gonna be <laughs> Netflix at the end of the day you're sort of going to create an image of yourself internally and that image will affect your external environment tomorrow and the next day Mm -hmm. and that external environment someday will mean a patient and a staff member who depends on you.